and welcome to episode 46 of America's 10th most popular podcast. Can't believe it. Uh, 10th most popular automotive podcast. No, I, I think it's 10th most, most popular uh, all overall. Yeah, it's saying. not like 10th yeah, most yeah. automotive like, podcast uh, in Detroit. NPR, Joe Rogan, a couple more than us. Car yeah. Talk and then uh, Dirty John. Chapo. Wow. And um, y- YKS and then us. <laughs> well, so, it, what was that uh, drinking... Oh, the Angry, Angry Birds, Birds. Angry, do Angry the Birds. thing. And yeah. the Angry a great Birds time to sponsor. Anyway. Anyway, um, it's the Auto Week podcast. We're uh, here in beautiful Detroit where it's finally wintertime. Thank God. Uh, I was getting mm. pretty depressed. Too All much sun. hot days in the summer and the wintertime. It's very distressing to me. Uh, can't help but feel a little bit responsible for that in some way. Anyway. Just 50 like 10 days ago. I know. Not good. Now uh, it's negative seven yesterday morning. I'm Rory. I'm the publisher of uh, this Auto Week thing. You may have heard me on 101.9 WDET this morning mm-hmm. uh, representing the millennials uh, talking about Ugh. cars. And uh, uh, I didn't know I was representing the millennials when I signed up. Uh, Thanks, Rory, for telling us what all millennials think. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. Never. Um, I'm joined to my left by Auto Week podcast executive producer. Well, uh, Wesley Ren, hello. And uh, Jake's here. Hey. The guy. And then uh, Pryson's here, too. Representing the motorsports side. Yeah, the racing the racing guys. Um, I think uh, we we have a pretty good one. I, I mean, I feel oh, like it's, it's okay. One. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. The energy's there. Energy, is it good? Okay. Oh, it's oh, yeah. good. Um, first and foremost, I wanted to talk to, uh, former, uh, auto week, uh, contributor, Kurt Cavan. Um, and so I did actually, we all did except me, uh, in an interview, which we recorded moments ago, uh, Kurt, uh, like I said, long time auto week, um, contributor, um, long time indie star contributor, too. long time indie star contributor. He's I don't know. I don't want to call it a demotion. He's now the vice president of communications for IndyCar. I mean, it's <laughs> a lateral move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, yeah lateral move. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he called us when he, you know, he was talking about moving to IndyCar and he was weighing the offer and yeah, it's a tough call. But he got to stay closer to home. Yep. Yeah. So I, in his own bed. <clears throat> and I see, you know, he doesn't have to put up with a lot of, you know, the kind of price of celebrity stuff that usually Auto Week uh, mm-hmm. contributors get. Nobody's bothering him at the grocery store. Right. Nobody's yeah. you know yeah. coming up and asking for autographs. So, in that respect, he hasn't been on TV in years at this point. No, he, he okay, but uh, <laughs> in that respect, probably a little bit of an upgrade for him. So we uh, we totally respect the decision. No hard feelings there at all, uh, which is why we're super glad to have him uh, call in for this this interview. Um, that we'll start right now. Uh, we're ready to talk a little IndyCar, and on the phone with us today, we appreciate him taking the time of his from his day, is Kurt Cavan, Vice President of Communications of the NTT IndyCar Series. Kurt, welcome aboard, and you got to tell us what NTT is. Well, NTT started as the phone company of Japan, and it has become the AT&T of Japan, so you're talking about a more than a hundred billion dollar technological services giant um, with a lot of different, uh, you know, assets to bring to IndyCar, and they're interested in growing their brand in the U.S. They have uh, they have a major player in 
NTT Data, which is on the Chip Ganassi cars. Mm -hmm. And so that division of the company will stay with Ganassi, and they are trying to, NTT is trying to build its brand uh, bigger in the U.S. and North America in particular. So uh, that's why the IndyCar series is important to them. And uh, so they have joined on as your title sponsor for, they signed a multi-year deal. We don't know if that's a couple years, but, uh, or how many, but either way, that's good. They're going to be the new name that we're going to see all over the place, replacing uh, Verizon. Um, I was going through the list. They've had some, you guys have had some interesting title sponsors over there through the years. Uh, I still got my Pep Boys uh, IndyCar, uh, or I guess Indy Racing League uh, travel bag that I still use every week. Uh, I enjoy that. Uh, Northern Light was another uh, Old, old sponsor of the, the Indies uh, Racing Series, and IZOT, of course, and Verizon, and now uh, NTT. Seems like there's a really big buzz about NTT, maybe more so than these other uh, announcements that I was that I've been a part of. Uh, Kurt, do you feel the same thing? I mean, there's something special about this one, I think. Well, I think so. One, there's multiple ways they can uh, the company can help IndyCar and the fan base in particular. For example, during a two-hour race. Uh, Coming off the cars is the equivalent of about 50 million data points that come from from steering to engine information to driver communication. And having a company that knows how to assimilate that information and distribute it in, in unique ways is, is really important. I think you're going to see that when uh, the season rolls around here in a little less than six weeks, wow. you're going to see uh, – uh, the, the the app the IndyCar app uh, will will have different features and even some things that the industry hasn't seen because NTT has a different uh, uh, approach maybe than than what we've had in the past so that should be exciting and that'll kind of be the first uh, place where you'll see the NTT technology on display the other thing that's that's different about this company is that they're they're fifty fifth in in Fortune 500 companies. So they are a much bigger player than, than any, any, any title sponsor. Well, Verizon obviously fits that category, but you're talking about a very big player in the, in the, in the industry. So that's a, it's a great, it's a great partnership for IndyCar. Well, we talked to one of your bosses, uh, Mark Miles uh, from the IndyCar series when he was in Detroit here a week or so ago to, uh, to make the announcement. And, uh, you know, his statement was that, you know, if you have AT&T and Verizon, think about these guys merging, you're still not as big as NTT. So, I mean, this is a company that is, uh, you know, looking to make a footprint in the U.S., and they've got a pretty big footprint worldwide. And I think that's uh, that's interesting on a lot of fronts for you guys. And, uh, you know, I even asked some of these guys about, does this open up the possibility of, you know, thinking about some more international races. I mean, we, you guys have been around the world to some different spots. Uh, NTT is based in Japan. I mean, does that mean we're going to be back in Japan here in a few years? Well, actually, it it, it doesn't. I'm not sure it means anything relative to Japan per se, uh, because NTT's focus has been growing North America, so or its footprint in North America, as you just mentioned. So I don't know that that's real high on the priority list, but it, it certainly would be in the conversation if, if I were looking at it, you know, both from an insider and an outsider standpoint. I would think that, I think at some point the conversation will come up if the right facility and promoter is uh, eager to, uh, to have IndyCar. 
uh, talked to Chip Ganassi about that. And, uh, you know, he says, you know, just be careful about going back overseas and things like that because you, you, when you do leave the, the time zones, I guess, uh, you, you risk the, 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 you know, being out of sight, out of mind for a week or two in the U.S. market. And, you know, it can hurt you guys momentum wise. On the flip side, open a season out there uh, after the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, that, that puts you on the map pretty good and pretty quickly, too. I, I don't know. I think there's some opportunities there that I hope you guys do explore and, uh, and you know, expand that world footprint for, for the IndyCar series, which is uh, arguably the best racing in the, on the planet right now. I think there's certainly been a push that, that IndyCar has experienced over the last three to four years at returning to some venues that were, were really important in the history of this sport. And, and of course, I think about Laguna Seca. I think about uh, Road America. Uh, Australia is another one that, that's certainly hot on the discussion meter right now. And, and I would say that's more more promising at this point than a race in Japan. But, but either one or both could be in the future. We don't we aren't uh, at that point yet, but it's certainly uh, in the discussion. Now, a few years ago, uh, Kurt, uh, we're talking with Kurt Cavan, uh, Vice President of Communications of the uh, NTT IndyCar Series. I almost said Verizon again. Uh, a couple years ago, Kurt, uh, the IndyCar Series shortened their schedule a little bit to, to where you guys were done You know, pretty early into the NFL season. Uh, you guys are done this year, September 22nd at Laguna Seca, uh, and you guys start uh, March 10th at, at uh, St. Pete, uh, Florida. Um, I guess if you were going to add, if you were going to add this, add to the schedule, uh, it sounds like you'd rather add to the front end than the back end. Cause that back end seems to be a nice place to end. Well, the, the, the front end of the schedule is where Mark Miles has identified potential growth. And I think, you know, that's where an Australia race would land. And, and you just can't, you just can't finish against the, the, the NFL right now. Uh, everybody experiences a downfall in, in ratings when the NFL games begin and NASCAR has seen that IndyCar has seen that. And, and so I think as best, as best as sports properties can, they want to avoid direct conflict with the NFL. And, and honestly, it's very difficult to even uh, have a Sunday kind of conversation with the NFL from the standpoint of, can you, can you green flag at one o'clock? Well, that doesn't work very well because that's NFL time. Is it four o'clock? Well, that's NFL time. It's, is it 8.30 at night? And so I think all the time slots get to be challenging. So ideally, we're, we're finishing in early to mid-September, and I think that's where it'll go for the next foreseeable future. Well, and I know the drivers love that schedule. I mean, that gives them four to five months uh, really of an off-season, so to speak, uh, though it's not a full off-season because even this week uh, we've got the the, uh, the Rolex 24 at Daytona, and we've got a few IndyCar racers down there in that thing. Every year a few, a few guys float down there into that, and I know they enjoy that as a kind of a racing preseason, I guess. So as far as that goes, I'm sure the drivers love the schedule, and uh, I hope you keep the schedule like that. But I, I too would like to see maybe a few more races at the beginning. You know, kick right off the year, you know the week or two after the Super Bowl. Let's get let's get racing. Yeah, I think that's the approach that we're going to see moving forward. The, uh, the schedule this year, uh, very similar to last year. Uh, I, obviously, when you look at the schedule, though, it's hard not to look at that middle uh, schedule there where you got the Indianapolis 500 followed by the doubleheader here in Detroit. I mean, championships can be won or lost in those. Uh, you know, you got three races over the course of about eight days. It's pretty crazy. It is. And then you've got, uh, you know, the, the, the two races here in India, in fact, as well. So the month of May, if you're, if you're, uh, if you have a good month, you can really, you know, set yourself up well for a nice uh, trip to Detroit and two races on on Saturday and Sunday, both uh, both network races. And I think that's where I would 
really see the difference in this year's schedule while we added the Circuit of the Americas race uh, in March and the Laguna Seca race in September. Largely, the, the big difference in the schedule is that uh, nearly half of the races are going to be on broadcast on NBC. So uh, you're going to have eight races of the 17 on NBC, including the 500 in both races in Detroit. And then the last two races of the season, Portland and Laguna Seca on NBC. That just gives your the ratings uh, a boost because more people watch broadcast network television than than uh, than cable, and so having uh, eight races compared to five last year on on network uh, will be a boost for the series and good for really all parties, sponsors, teams, anybody who's supportive of the series, the fans that, that that's able to reach more fans. So uh, nine races then on NBCSN, and of course all 17 races on the NBC sports platform. Well, that you're getting a nice boost from NBC. We've been watching the, you know, the football playoffs and, and things going on this last week or two. And, you know, it's hard to not see a promotion for the Indy 500, which is kind of cool. Uh, it shows that they're putting their, their money where their mouth is on, on NBC. And, and I think you're going to get a you know big bang for that this year. And I, I'm looking forward to see how they handle that uh, uh, Indy 500 as, a, as everybody else is, because this thing's been on ABC forever. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of eyeballs looking at NBC and how the production goes, but there's nothing but excitement right now coming out of Indianapolis. Yeah, I think they'll use the Kentucky Derby as kind of that's at the start of the month of May. I think that'll be a springboard to uh, the activities here at Indianapolis, and uh, we'll see a nice, uh, nice boost there. They'll have a longer pre-race show. The times haven't been announced in which channels they'll be on, but if you can expect NBCSN and NBC to to have um, you know wall-to-wall coverage, as we say of of uh, the Indianapolis 500, and so that that should be beneficial as well. Well, Kurt, uh, you know, for a lot of our listeners who have longtime readers of Auto Week, will, will remember your name. I mean, you worked for us as a contributor for years, and you've been what? This will be your third year over at IndyCar. Yeah, thir- third year at IndyCar. I I uh, first wrote my first uh, Auto Week story in 1996, and my last one then in 2016. And so it was a terrific. Uh, Terrific place to work and, and have my stories run. In fact, enjoyed it probably as much as anything I've ever written in my life, just the form of long-form writing and, and uh, breaking news and so forth on, the, on AutoWeek.com as well as the magazine. So, yeah, it's, it was a, a really important part of my career. And, you know, from the top down all the way down from, uh, you know, Dutch and Leon back in, in the old days to – to Rory and, and Wes and, oh, and yeah. <laughs> Mac and you and I mean it just kind of goes on and on and on and, and the Trano so it's it's uh, you know I'm as much Auto Week guy as uh, as anything so that'll be uh, important as I move forward. Well, I got a feeling that that 2016 wasn't necessarily your last work for us. I think we'll find a way to work something here one day. And uh, we do miss you over here at Auto Week. Uh, you were always a, a rock on our on our staff of uh, contributors, and you always had your uh, finger on the pulse of uh, IndyCar better than probably anybody in the country. Now, you started how back at the Indy Star? What year then? Late nineties or late eighties? Late eighties. I walked in the door in nineteen eighty five, and um, went, really went full time as a writer in nineteen eighty eight. So I was uh, I was there a long time, nearly thirty years, and. You know, it's it's different being on on maybe the communication side of the business as opposed to the to the uh, newspaper and, and magazine and print side of the business, but uh, it's still storytelling and and connecting with fans and and giving them the information they want and need, and so it's just thinking like they think, and if you can do that properly, then 
uh, it'll be successful. Well, Kurt, uh, IndyCar's gain is uh, media's loss. We we missed some of your perspective on some stuff, and uh, again, look forward to working with you down the road. And uh, again, I, we're going to see you on a, in the pages of Auto Week again before before it's all over, I'm sure. And uh, best of luck to you guys over there at IndyCar at the NTT IndyCar Series, and we'll look forward to seeing you up here in Detroit. Thanks, Mike. It's been fun. So uh, now you know what NTT is, if you didn't before, and that's obviously the goal. Uh, I think that sponsorship, NTT, uh, you know, ideally you get yourself on the Auto Week podcast, the 10th most popular podcast in the world. Uh, did, we mention, did we mention that already? Currently ahead of uh, Adam Carolla's CarCast, if you refer to Chartable. Take that, Carolla. Mm. Uh, I'm down with NTT. Yeah. You know me. Uh, <laughs> damn it. Uh, but yeah, so, the, so I, mission I accomplished. Mission accomplished already uh, for NTT. They got uh, a large they're, footprint now. They're on the podcast. Um, but yeah, always great to hear from Kurt. It's going to be another awesome uh, season of IndyCar going back to Laguna Seca. Exciting. Uh, which is going to be super rad. I probably will have to go out there just to see how it goes. Um, check it out. But um, I guess keeping it in the world of racing. Jimmy's out there. Jimmy. Out there in the wild. Out in Laguna Seca? Somewhere Jay. out there in the wild. No, he's up in Atlanta, Michigan, as Rallying. a matter of fact. Pretty much the opposite of Laguna Seca, yeah. if you think about <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yeah. It's uh, really, you couldn't get much further away from uh, from beautiful uh, Monterey Peninsula. Um, just in the absolute middle finger of, uh, of northern Michigan, uh, getting ready to race his uh, Subaru 2.5 RS with his girlfriend, Kate. Uh, and I, where they, where, what are they going to race in? What are they doing? Snowdrift, the big snowdrift rally. That was actually one of the first like motorsports events I've ever been to. It is an awesome time. It's going to be cold as hell this weekend, but and snowy too. It seems super snowy. Um, but it, as a spectator, um, going out and hanging out in the woods, uh, there is is super cool. It's it's totally underrated, but it's going to be packed full of people. Um, there's a really great final stage that runs past what's called Bonfire Alley. Does Jimmy talk about that in the interview? Uh, I don't no. think he does. I was going to ask okay. him about that, but I didn't. I, but go ahead, I, tell the story. I after. think in the interview he focuses mostly on the transition from uh, AR, or RA to ARA. That sounds kind of dry. That's actually pretty decent. No, it's good. Okay. It's good, yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, Bonfire Alley is super cool, final stage. Um, you, there's a long straight that comes to basically a hairpin or like a U. Uh, and along the right side of the stage, everybody is kind of in competition to build more and more outrageous bonfires, um, which as a driver, when you come down that stage, uh, is really, really striking. It's night stage, and mm-hmm. it's just these monster, you know, 10 and 15-foot bonfires. Oh, is this in the woods? In the woods, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> it's super cool and safe. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people yeah. are looking forward to that. Uh... It's it's awesome, and it. It's uh, one of the one of those like singular motorsports experiences that, you know, I've certainly never seen anything like that in person, mm. and it's it's really really cool. So, we will cut to Jimmy in an interview where he does not discuss uh, <laughs> Bonfire Alley um, right now. We're here with uh, wait, have you guys seen Jimmy in the past couple of days? I I where's Jim? He's completely run amok. Uh, Mike, have you seen Jimmy? No, I, I I agree with Jake. I think he's amok. Uh, maybe he's on the phone. Uh, uh, Jimmy, are you in the phone? Uh, yeah, I'm just hey. on the phone. I'm right here. Oh, I hey, heard that, Jimmy. Mike. Jimmy, where are you, man? What? Do you, wait, wait, where are you? Well, 
to be honest, wow. I am sitting in my car. Nice. The race car? Pretty cold out. Turn, turn it on. And, turn the heater on, man. Uh, well, I can't turn it on because it'll be really loud. Oh, that's no good. And then you can't hear me. Yeah, so thank you for your inconvenience. But uh, more, <laughs> where more, are you heading? <laughs> I stepped out for a cup of coffee, and here I am. But where is this coffee place? What, where, what part of the country are you in and why? I am, I am coming to you from downtown. Traverse City, Michigan. Whoa, whoa. gorgeous. Inside Tropical. A Subaru rally car. But there's no race in Traverse City, right? There's a race up in, I believe, Gaylor, Michigan. Uh, ARA's kickoff snowdrift. Uh, that's correct, except it's not in Gaylor. It's in Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta, Michigan. Atlanta, Michigan. Love it. The yep. Atlanta of the North. So, so where's Atlanta, yep. Michigan? Where's Atlanta, it is Michigan? the Atlanta of the North. Literally. It is approximately four hours north of Detroit. Straight straight up. Uh, it's about halfway between Gaylord and Alpena. Um, Would that be yeah, in the... Lovely, lovely small town. It's known as the Elk Capital of Michigan. Ooh, delicious. Known for its uh, country fried steak. And, How do you know it's um, not country fried elk? Right and, and good pizza. Is it country fried elk steak? Probably, I'm guessing. Uh, no, I think it's chicken. Ah, no, fair enough. All right. Um, all right, Jimmy. So when does the rally start? This weekend, right? So yeah, uh, the rally the rally starts uh, Friday, um, but we're going to head up tomorrow night, um, and uh, then Thursday we do recce, which will be fun. It looks like there's actually going to be some snow, and it's cold enough to where it's like good snow. It's not this slippy, sloshy. Uh, stuff you know it'll be nice and frozen and grippy um so that's exciting we didn't have that last year and um so yeah i think it'll be good there's i think there are right now like 34 cars entered um and that's everything ranging from a ford fiesta r5 um which is basically the equivalent of a you know kind of like a, a wrc2 car um to you know cars like mine which are basically built in your your That's cool. So, so explain to uh, this uh, rally rookie here. Are there different classes, or are all thirty-four of you competing against each other? Yeah. So, all the cars are running um, in one one-minute intervals, um, depending on how fast they are. Um, but there are different classes. So, the car that I am in is a um, NA uh, four-wheel drive car. So, which basically means it's a Subaru um, non-WRX car. Um, then you have the open class cars, which are turbocharged and all-wheel drive. Um, and the open class ones are, are just like they say, they're open. So the rules are pretty much open. So you can do crazy things. You can have sequential transmissions, mm. um, more power, um, you know, crazy suspension and all sorts of fun, fun bits. So, and that's the class that the R5 runs in and also the Subaru rally team runs in. Then you have another class called limited four wheel drive, uh, which is a much more production based car. So there's, it's much tighter in terms of what kind of regulations you can do to the cars. So it keeps the cost down in that class. Mm -hmm. Um, then you have the same thing for two wheel drive. You have open two wheel drive and limited two wheel drive. So 
Open meaning, you know, the rules are more free and limited meaning the rules are more, you know, stock. Nice, man. Well, uh, when is it? So it starts Friday and goes all the way through Sunday or is it done Saturday? So it starts uh, Friday afternoon and then generally it ends around, you know, 11 or midnight. And then on Saturday we start it early in the morning and it usually ends around six or seven. Um, so it's Friday, Saturday is the actual running of it. But on Thursday we do the recce, which is where Kate, my co-driver slash girlfriend and I, uh, drive around and make our notes. And then Friday, Saturday, we, we run it in the car. And now during recce, uh, are these are, are these public roads or are these logging roads or something? Yeah. So they're all public, um, public roads that are open on Thursday when we're wrecking mm-hmm. and then they're closed off to the public Friday, Saturday. So that was my question. Um, so when you're wrecking, um, do you ever run into oncoming traffic or oh yeah. animals? Yeah, but you're, you can't go faster than 30 miles an hour. Okay. Right. So speed limits apply. Yeah. Yeah. Speed limits supply, um, all the time, unless you're on a closed stage. Um, and yeah, recce is a lot of fun. Um, I think it's fun anyway. You just kind of hang out and eat road snacks, um, and think about going really fast mm-hmm. and then you get to do it Friday, Saturday. Um, you know, but it's, it's interesting Like you aren't allowed to drive those roads. Um, I think it's a three month buffer. Um, so if, for some reason, someone should catch you out there driving around. Um, you would be banned from competing. But this year, there's actually some locals running that ran a couple of years ago, and they're super fast. You know, because you got to think, well, go back to like that road that you grew up driving as a kid every single day, really fast, and you could probably do it with a blindfold on. You know, right. so there's Jimmy, that Jimmy, Jimmy, incredible in, advantage. Hey, back in the fall, Jimmy, when we had the Empire Hill climb, you know, just outside of Traverse City. Didn't I see you heading toward Atlanta on the way home? Weren't you? <laughs> I just, I'm, I, I'm serious. I thought I, you, you turned left on that, uh, on that road there. Yeah, I, I turned left and everyone else went right. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that was out of, uh, out of the timing. I think I was good. I think I was still good. Okay, we'll have to check the calendars on that before we turn you in. Yeah. Yeah, geez, I hope I didn't just give anything away. Yeah, so that's very interesting though. That right, because if you lived out there either before or now. You can't be, I mean, you can't be off the roads. You're always just on the road. Well, road, so I of mean, obviously, if you live on the road or something like that, you have to commute or something. <laughs> it's, you know, but it's kind of a, um, you know, a gentleman's agreement kind of thing. But, you know, if you, if you, if you know the roads, it's an incredible advantage. So if you, um, so if you live, is, if you live on the roads, then Jimmy, you don't have to like stay in your house for three months. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. Just sorry, sorry. Can't touch that but, road. Um, can't okay, touch cool, it. Cool. Yeah, this, this year looks like it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. This is the first time Snowdrift has gone to the American Rally Association. So last year, the last couple of years, there have been, there was a split in the sanctioning body. So there was Rally America on one side and American Rally Association on the other. And this year, Rally America essentially collapsed and all of the events have gone to ARA. Um, so this is the season opener um, under ARA, and it should be pretty pretty neat to see what they do throughout the season now that they have, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say it's between 11 and 15 events or so um, for the whole year, which is pretty good. Um, putting on an, a rally is a huge amount of organization, and you need a lot of volunteers to do that. Um, like a few hundred um, to do it properly. And uh, 
so yeah, it's exciting. You know, it kind of brings different competitors together that had previously been running separately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun to kind of run with some other, some, some new drivers, you know, and just kind of see where people stack up and it should be, should be good. So we made some, some changes to the car that, uh, we're excited about and, um, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Hey, Jimmy, talk about the ARA. What, what does that bring to, to rallying, I guess, here in the upper Midwest? Is it uh, considerably different? Are you seeing this? Is it the same people, just a, you know, a different name and a few different leaders? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, is pretty similar. You know, like the classes are marginally different. Um, there are a couple changes in how it's run. Um, but for the most part, there was, um, you know, some – some events had had issues with Rally America, and they decided to create their own series. Um, and then the two running parallel, you know, eventually some events wanted to, to change as well. So when they all went over to ARA, it took it all over. But it's essentially the same thing with uh, a couple different people uh, playing. Um, Doug Shepard, uh, who was involved with Rally America rallies, because you got to remember, rally is a little, it's a little bit like a racetrack's have a relationship to IndyCar or IMSA or, or something where, you know, the individual event itself is its own thing. And then the sanctioning body kind of packages it. Um, so right now, Doug Shepard um, is actually a, a former rally champion and has been in the sport for decades, um, has taken over leadership of ARA. And so he's bringing with him, along with a lot of other people, a lot of experience to the series to try and turn it into, um, you know, what a lot of people think it should be, which is a cohesive, um, you know, well, uh, produced, uh, you know, series. So it should be fun. And, you know, I should also mention the second year running, you know, auto week will be partnering with the ARA, um, which is exciting. So this is kind of the kickoff of that. And then the rally that will be a lot of fun because Snowdrift came over to ARA a little late in the year. Um, a lot of the big teams are going to be premiering at Hundred Acre Wood Rally, which is um, March. Let me see, March fifteenth and sixteenth, I think, and that is in Salem, Missouri, and that'll be very cool. There'll be, um, I think, a couple multiple R5 cars, which is exciting. Um, Ryan Millen is going to be bringing an open class RAV4 um, that he's been building, which is pretty wild and crazy. Um, and the Subaru cars will be there as well. And it looks like um, Oliver Solberg actually signed up for a car number. So he's registered Ooh, with ARA. That's crazy. Intrigue. And that would be pretty exciting to see whether he's driving an SRT car, SRT meaning uh, Subaru Rally Team which would be very cool to have him as a special driver. But, you know, he just won a rally in Sweden, I think, in a, in a Volkswagen R5, which technically would be legal to run in ARA. So that's kind of um, – that would be very cool. You know, the, the way the regulations have changed and to allow some of these other cars from around the world. So, for example, the R5 are a standard homologated rally car um, globally. Right, so you can enter that in the majority of rallies around the world. Um, whereas previously they were kind of in an awkward spot rules-wise in the states, um, but now they've opened it up to allow those cars and make it more attractive for them to come and run. And also Ryan Millen's car, I believe, his Rav Four, 
is built to, I believe it is AP4, which is an Australian or New Zealand um, classification. But that will also run in the open class. Um, so it's, it's neat that they've opened up the rules to allow some of these different kinds of builds from around the world to come and compete. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how those R5, and especially Millen and his RAV4, um, stack up against the Subaru cars, because the Subaru cars themselves are these kind of wild um, takes on on building a Subaru rally car. You know, they don't you don't really see um, something built like that anywhere else in the world, which is pretty cool. So it'll be fun to see how they stack up against each other. And Ryan Millen, I mean, he used to run a 100% stock. RAV4. I mean, it had two front wheel drive. It had the stock automatic transmission. Um, it weighed a ton, um, and he just wheeled the hell out of it. Was he and, beating uh, everybody? He, he was really competitive. Um, he was always in the top ten. Um, so it'll be really exciting to see how he um, can can throw that open wheel or open class uh, RAV4. So that meaning it's all wheel drive. It's turbocharged. If you check out the videos, it's got a fully sequential transmission in it, and it just sounds really badass. So uh, that'll be really exciting. Um, in case you don't know who Oliver Solberg is, uh, tune in to Jim Connor 10, where he makes an appearance uh, in Sweden yeah, so, with uh, and, Ken Block. Norway. Yeah, and Oliver, Norway, so yeah. you know, he's, he's just started um, because he's only, I think he's 17. Um, he's either 17 or 18. He looks so 13, he's FYI. Really only just become legal to drive. <laughs> um, but he is Petter Solberg's son, the um, world rally champion. And um, obviously is an incredibly capable driver at his age. And so if he can come over and run some rallies here, maybe as prep for like a WRC career or something along those lines, um, that would be, it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Two questions, Jimmy. Uh, if I had a car, could anyone just go enter this thing? If you have a car. Uh, Snowdrift. If you have a what? If you have a race car, Snowdrift, could you just go and enter it? Uh, you know, you do need um, – the biggest difference between, like, a race car or, or a rally car is going to be the safety gear. Because mm-hmm. um, that's ultimately the thing that, that will qualify you or disqualify you. you, know, you can pretty much run whatever you bring as long as it's got the proper cage. So a rally car, a roll cage is much more extensive than your typical road race car. Mm-hmm. Um because obviously um, we come to immediate stops um, rather than gradual stops. Right, <laughs> right. And um, we aren't necessarily topping out as high, but, you know, when when we stop, we stop very quickly. And um, so you need that, and it's usually on a tree or something. So <laughs> yeah. the roll cage is really important. Um, you know, you have the two seats, which you basically you want to get the best that fits within your budget. Um you know, and then the standard stuff, you need the harnesses, fire extinguishers, um, you need reflective triangles so that if you break down, get stuck or, you know, crash or whatever, you can run up the road and you warn the cars coming right. behind you, you know, that to watch out. But so you don't, um, you don't you need also, a, we have, you don't need a special kind of license for this, right? If you have the car that is no, uh, regulated. No, actually, yeah. So for example, um, you know, the car that I have, uh, which is a 2.5 RS. The 2001, is it 2000 or 2001? I don't even know. <laughs> Let's say 2001, um, 2.5 RS Subaru. Um, a lot of people have these, you know, because they're Subaru enthusiasts, which kind of links them into being a rally enthusiast. 
and they dream of doing rally, so they just take their car, you strip it out, um, and as long as you've got the cage in there and the proper safety stuff, you can go rallying. I mean, you don't um, you don't need to acquire a special license. You do have to purchase one, but you don't really need any um, you know training or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something that's really great. You know, where you know for most road racing sanctioning bodies, you need to go to a school or something and prove you have a certain amount of days. While it's highly recommended you attend something like. Team O'Neill or Dirtfish or Rally Ready. Sure. Um, you know, you can just you can just go for it, um, which is cool. You know, they they tend to um, uh, they don't suggest you start in a turbocharged all wheel drive car or, for that matter, um, two wheel drive or something like that. Rally is really a sport where it takes a lot of time to learn to read the road and listen to notes, especially the notes are the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from learning different techniques behind the wheel, you know, whether it's really using trail braking to, to rotate the car or flicking the car or whatever it is, um, you know, the notes are something that really makes it unique. And so, you know, people generally recommend you take it easy, you know, your first couple of rallies and you just focus on seat time. Cause oh. it's really just building up kind of a, um, you know, a level of confidence and understanding of different grip and conditions and um, stuff like that. Um, Jimmy, we're running running a little low on time now, uh, but I have one question, one last question. In your notes, does it say to win? Is that in your notes? If (laughs) if not, it should be in your notes. In in my notes, it it does say that if I win, I get on the cover of auto. That's that's true. That's good. I did hear that. But also, if you don't win, you don't have a job anymore. Well, that's true. So it's it's uh, it's high stakes then. It's high so, stakes. Sophie's choice, they say. Well, and, yeah, Jim, it's, and Jimmy, it's a, but, it's a high stakes game we're playing here. And, to, um, and tonight, Jimmy, but, you know, we'll we'll just see what we can do. And tonight, Jimmy, your your number one job is to go around as many cars as you can find and slap Auto Week stickers all over them. Well, actually, oh, in Traverse City or at the rally? Anywhere. Well, uh, you know Everywhere. what? Why don't you do it in Traverse City as a warm up and then do it at the rally? Well, the rally, they're going to have Auto Week stickers on them anyway. Nice. Job well done, um, sir. But, you know, I don't I don't tend to, to vandalize other people's vehicles. Um, so, but, you know. He, he has. Like, if that's up, he doesn't if tend that's to. that's up your alley, you go for it. Uh, anyway, we're not going to vandalize anyone. And, Jimmy, we wish you the best of luck because right now, uh, as this podcast goes live, you are currently racing. So, uh, thank you. Oh, really? Uh, it's, I mean, to the listener. Here, uh, yeah, watch out for that tree, buddy. Hey, hey, can we follow along like at uh, uh, ARA or at Auto Week or oh, something? Hey, or Blind Deer Rally that's... Sport? Wow, uh, Jake, what a great question. Mm, uh, yeah, so there, there are two things. Um, you can follow my car and my team, which is my girlfriend and our friend. Um, and we're called Blind Deer Rally Sport. We're on Facebook. Um, but also a name that strikes fear totally into the hearts of other places, but also then, um, you can actually go, there is an app this year, Whoa. um, called a, a R a rally and you can download it. And actually every car will have a transponder so you can follow along, um, people's progress and, um, see what's going on. Wait, um, so. genuine question. Is this like live data? Can you actually see the car? Yep. That's insane. Uh, so it's basically, it looks it's very cool. Um, you know, it's nothing as uh, sophisticated as, say, like a WRC Plus or something, but it's still um, cool. It's just an app. You, you download it for free, 
Um, and it looks kind of like an overlay on top of like a Google Maps or something like that, you know, and you can see where all the cars are. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, so follow along. We're number 887. And if you see us, uh, stay in one place for a very long time, you know, uh, send us your back. Spend us. And, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be a lot of fun. So. Awesome. Well, Jimmy, I uh, wish you the best of luck, and thank you for uh, getting a little cold and taking some time with us. Yeah, I really, I really want to turn the car on because uh, it takes a while for the heater to work. <laughs> hey, wait, it. can you can you fire it right now? Can you put push a button? Let's hear it. Oh man! All right, damn it! Uh, sorry. Wait, wait! Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> you okay? Watch out for that tree. Hold on. Bing, bing, bing! Can you hear that? Not oh, really. yeah. Oh. Sounds awesome. Oh, I mean, no. No, no, no. we really do Oh, there we go. Oh, hey. Yeah. There. Did you hear that? Heard yeah. that. Now, was that the radio or was that the car? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was just the radio. Nice. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. Right. Yep. Jimmy, you have a good one, pal. Good luck. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. So that's Jimmy. Um, back uh Calling in from from back home in in northern Michigan, uh, wish him a lot of luck this weekend. As always, if he does not podium, uh, he is out of the unemployed, family. fired, He's uh, gone. done. So, uh, like I said, wish him a lot of luck. A lot, lot on the line. A lot on the line this weekend. No pressure, of course. <laughs> um, so far, he's been able to kind of stay in it. So, um, I'm expecting the same from him. Um, but speaking of weekends. Didn't we just do Ooh. something? Uh, what was it last weekend? Uh, birthday this party. Weekend? Oh, the Detroit oh, Auto Show. Birthday party. Oh, yeah. Detroit's birthday. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the, the the last of the winter auto shows. Yeah. Um, so a lot went down. I guess well, I, I kind of wish not that as, it, not as much as usually. Goes I kind of wish that it would have been like a big old big old send off, but yeah, it, like it was uh, not fireworks that. and. It was not that way. They're gonna like blow up the building or something yeah, like that. Out with, know, a, out with a, a whimper, I believe. TSA yeah. inside, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so there was a few big ones. I mean, we can let's start with we'll start with the biggest and we'll work our way backwards. I All think. Right. Yeah. I'm interested to see what you think the biggest reveal. The, the Obviously, was. the Supra is the biggest. That is un, an undeniable fact. Mm, bigger been, than the GT500, which was also unveiled. Yeah, I think the yes. GT500 is the, bigger. The Supra hasn't been around for 20 years. Yeah, we've but been we've been about seeing it for, it for a half a decade. Yeah, but still, half that time. I think. I was born when this new generation of Supra started getting announced. Teased. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's 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 probably possible. Um, okay, regardless of which one's the biggest, we'll talk about Supra first. Okay. Yeah, a lot of comments online. Uh, people are not polarizing. No, more like more people than not dislike the looks, which I was surprised about. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the looks are kind of wild, but I thought it would be seventy thirty the good way. It's certainly the bad way. certainly better in person. Yeah, uh, yeah, than agreed, it is in pictures. Agreed. It could yeah. use a big wing. And it's a little stubby. I think that's yeah. one of the weird platform things. Like another three inches in wheelbase would really, would really help a lot. Or well, an, another foot, like to make it a two plus two again, would help it a lot. Yeah. Well, the old one, I feel like the old one seems so big in my mind, and I but think maybe people were today. It's probably the size of it, like it a modern Mini Cooper. Right. Like maybe a, it's not, but this one, right? It looks small, and it, I let people it's a proportion that it, thing. Yeah. That it apes the um, the FRS, the BRZ, the eighty six. They're like, is that eh. the size of an 86? You know, because like, that, that's kind of like the exact shape. It, yeah. It's like the basic shape of the 86. But so even the 86 it. looks a little bit longer to me. I mean, visually. Longer than the longer. It's not time. longer. Right. But it, it looks you know, longer. It think? looks more visual. You know, the proportions are longer, lower. Um, uh, so we're getting BMW's engine, uh, BMW's infotainment system, which I'm not sad about. BMW's uh, transmission. Really? 
Well, yeah. High well, drive's good. I don't, I oh, don't get along with high drive. Compared to the shit that we're dealing with these days. Whoa. Well, Come sorry. on, pal. This, uh, is, a, this um, is number 10. This yeah. is the biggest. Uh, yeah, hey, we're big now. We can't. We're, it's a family show. We can't just well, say swear words. We need to do like clean shows and dirty shows. We get the better sponsors on the clean shows, and then we won't use the we'll F use and, and, like and Mack Weldon and the, the worst shows. It'll be like. I mean, we can get the NBC. Good shows. We'll get NBC on the clean okay. shows. Yeah. Hey, do you guys hear that uh, uh, Tommy Kendall and Derek Bell have a new uh, podcast coming out? I don't know who either of those are. Yes, you do. <laughs> should we should we give them a little love? Maybe Jesus. give them, give those little small guys a little love. So yeah, they can get a little I mean podcast that's what I was thinking. It's called. Um, hold on, let me look it up. I just uh, just found these. Guys. Actually, uh, super developed with the Z4 with BMW, so it's going to be basically the same car. The Z4 is a convertible, obviously. Uh, I mean, a, a Z4 coupe is in the pipeline. I guarantee that. I mean, the the Z4 M coupe will be. Ren says a, a Z4 M Coupe is, is in the works, uh, although they didn't make one for the last few generations. Like the, the first generation, they made a Z4 M Coupe, and then they didn't for the, the most recent one, I don't think. Maybe, maybe there isn't one coming, but we know there there is one as the Supra. <laughs> right. So anyway, 335 horsepower, 365 pound-feet of torque. Oh, no manual transmission, obviously. That's a big sticking point for the people. Now, there, there was some rumblings that that might change, but it's more than likely not going to change until the refresh well i saw some stuff about the supra in japan and in japan it will get a four banger and a manual yeah um i don't know if we would want that four banger but we definitely would take the manual if no that puts it almost torque show a torque show torque show yeah a couple of old (laughs) old racers yeah talk about racing i mean they're not that old they're like marginally older than me probably us, yeah. 20 years older well as long as they know where they're placed they're, they're coming in well behind us on the list now well yeah. like i said i i wish them you the get, best you gotta this, start uh, somewhere podcast game yeah it's a tough world out there but if you know if uh tommy or justin if you're listening to this you want some tips some tricks mm-hmm. uh, how to interrupt interrupt your hosts on a uh, co-host on an entirely different topic <laughs> yes. while they're trying to talk about the auto show mm-hmm. Hit me up, man. I know I know how to do that. And the rest of it is a mystery. Oh natural. But yeah, no, I, I I don't know. I think the Supra you know, I I'll say this. So Toyota caught a lot of shit uh for being boring over the last twenty years or so, Agreed. decade or so. Yep. And if you look at the current lineup of, of Toyotas, I don't think I don't think you could say too many companies have a more fun lineup. So they have Tacoma. Which is a real fun little truck. Yeah. Forerunner. They got Forerunner. Uh, all the all the little uh, real SUV stuff, the off road stuff, TRD stuff is cool. Mm-hmm. They've got the Corolla Hatch, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be fun. I have not driven one myself. Uh, the the redesign of the Camry, I do not hate it. I mean, I don't I don't think that anybody hates uh, well, it. Well, we we'll leave the Camry out of this for now. Um, you're talking about fun lineup. That's no, no, I'm they saying a zillion of. Yeah, yeah, but I I think too the Yaris WRC car. Uh, well, the, well, the '86, the Supra. I mean, they have like a, a full line of, of fun, Exciting, sporty, yeah. cool cars but that like are des- mostly cheap. Design wise, they're taking more. Um, they're Risks. taking more risk. Yeah, which, which is great. You know, yeah, because yeah, like exactly, they the were, Avalon looks crazy. Which one is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I'm saying they all they've done a great job, and I I'm way happier with a company that takes more risk and loses some than just never takes risk. Yeah, yeah, and I so I think I don't know. I mean, I I like having the Supra. Is it is it ten? Out of ten, as far as like, uh, is it doing everything that I wanted it to do? Uh, probably not. But no, no, definitely not. Um, we'll we'll see. I it, mean, I, I think uh, it could be a good launching point for right the A one hundred Super or whatever like they the want to su- call it, or the Supra F. Sure, the yeah. Supra. 
the, 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 the super 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 awesome um and i i actually do think it looks better than the bmw too i've heard that reverse i've heard a lot of people say the bmw is the better looking of the two um, I personally it's hard to, ju- it's hard to judge the coupe versus convertible. I think. Yeah, I can. I can imagine. I, mean, I think it looks better too, but I like it better around. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, all across the board. All, so. all I'm saying about the Supra is if you Photoshop like an A80 or Mark IV, whatever you want to call it, Supra yeah. wing on the back, it yeah, looks, looks way, way cool. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, Supra Cup car looks kind of funny. To me. You, <laughs> Wait, I don't know if I see that it. in person. The the Xfinity car. Supra. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, did you did you see that in person? You said or Mike? Did oh yeah, it was at the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they've revealed that. It was, uh, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a unique. Uh, it's a different take on the different Supra. different take on a cup car for sure. Yeah. Um, of course, they did bring that uh, rally car, the WRC car, uh, which looked cool. I mean, hands down, the coolest thing at the auto show was their WRC car. No, from the Toyota booth or from everything? Everything. Period. There's nothing cooler. Uh, no, no, no person there was cooler. Uh, I mean, if you got that thing going fast enough and flipped it upside down, it would, you'd go 30,000 feet in the air. You could fly at that thing. It looks like an airplane. It's I got get, a lot of wings. On I it. get what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's, that's good. Uh, <laughs> it's wingy. It's very wingy. So the, uh, the other thing that was, um, new and cool was the Shelby GT 500. Unfortunately only comes in an automatic. So we'll skip that one. Um, yeah, tough, tough. Uh, tough and the, the next, the next one on my list too only comes in the next, the RCF and RCF track. Yeah, uh, only automatic too. But real quick, let's go GT500. Uh, eight speed, dual clutch. Seven speed. Sorry, seven speed uh, dual by clutch. Trimic. By Tremec. By uh, Tremec, right? Yeah. Yep. So, I, I did get confirmation that it is the nine thousand nine oh seven or whatever, uh-huh. and I think because there was rumors that the C8 is going to use the same trans, the same seven speed. Um, so that is still on the table. Uh, Ford did confirm it was that one. Uh, it was internal communications from Tremec said there it's the same number, so we could see the same transmission in the uh, incredible the C eight. Wow, the, the C eight. I mean, cool. the, uh, that's that's not crazy from Tremec. I mean that right, right. They, they, they use the same six speed and for other things. Yeah, too. they just yeah. they do change the numbers up depending on torque load and stuff. So um, torque threshold seven hundred twenty horsepower, good looking front end. We see wait, the is that confirmed? Line. That's not confirmed. Yeah, uh, upwards the, of seven hundred. Right, yeah, upwards of seven hundred. They haven't finished tuning it yet. If it's not nine hundred, it's a waste. Uh, that's what I say. I think it's going to be a, at least. There's rumors of seven. There's seven fifty. It's got to be more than a demon, or else what's the point? What are you even doing? Well, no, automatic what? transmission. No, Less the last than. the last one. Granted, it was a stick axle. Was unfreaking drivable. The last GT500. Yeah. 664 horsepower. That's right. I had it like one I, night in the rain. I, was like, I, yeah. like, I can't. It was terrifying. And I love Mustangs and stick axles. Uh, it was terrifying. Dumb. But obviously, I, you know, I was able to master it fairly quickly. I'm sure you were too. Uh, able to put power down, no, traction control off. I never, uh, I never touched. No, but the uh, I'm excited about a this one. Two point six five liter root style supercharger. That's a big right. one. That's, that's, a, that's a big blower. That's a lot of liters. Yeah. Uh, How about that uh, Ram with the thousand foot pounds of torque? Did you see that? The uh, heavy duty Rams. Yeah. Whew, that's a yeah. uh, that's a lot of barrier breaker. Yeah. I, well, I'm going to drive it uh, at the end of February. Are you gonna? I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. That's the problem with those. See if it'll drift. Gotta be able to drift it. I mean, I'm sure. See if you can pull the foundation of my apartment building. See if it'll pull whatever the hotel where you're staying. I want to put like barrel sized tires on it and see like how fast it'll go. You know, I'm sure I'm going to lift the front end or something like that. I'm sure you're going to do some crazy stuff with that. I mean, I'm sure they'll like hook it up to a California Redwood or something. You can pull it right out by the roots. (laughs) Pull the whole bowl out. Drag it around. Uh, Just as a car track enthusiast. How big, powerful trucks don't do a lot for now, me, but I will say well, they would. It fine. would do a lot for you hauling a track car to a track. 
or a whole trailer full of track cars. Yeah. You know what would be a good thing for Dodge to do? What? Uh, is to have us pull some SRTs to what's yeah. the, uh, Las Vegas Speedway. We're going to be in Vegas. So yeah. to pull some track to SRTs to Las Vegas Speedway and drive them there. That I will tell you that one of Get the, them a really good story. One of the most fun things I've ever done is I used to sneak into this Impa uh, press days out in Pocono Raceway. And they had just launched a new F250. I forgot what year this was. 90, no, like 2000 something, 2000, probably 10, maybe 2008. Uh, and everybody wanted to be in the R8 or the 911 Turbo or the AMG Black Series or whatever. And I spent a good like two hours trying to <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the F2, F250 up. Forgot what it, like out of turn one at over 120 miles an hour, <laughs> like trying to accelerate between the two, you know, uh, just trying to get a good top speed. And it was so scary and so funny. It just never has a car not wanted to do that more. <laughs> to do a thing more. Yeah, yeah. It was rad. Um, so I'd recommend something like that if you can get into that's a good way to crash a car on a racetrack. Um, so finishing out the auto show, uh, RCF, um, which we, I mean, which I like. I like the looks of it. Yeah. RCF tracks got a yeah. big old wing on it, carbon fiber bits. The good titanium stuff. exhaust. Five liter uh, V8, 472 horsepower. Good so chassis. Plenty of power. Yeah. Good ish chassis, good. Yeah, yeah, good as chassis. Um, LC convertible, which we expected. It, it was kind of built. It looks like it was built to be a convertible its whole life. Although the coupe looks really good. Yep. QX concept Passat. Don't even know anything about it. <clears throat> but um, should we talk? Well, the Passat. The the thing about the Passat is it's uh, what it's all new bodywork in the same car, same platform. Yeah, yeah, and same engine. Swoopier. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, what were you saying? Can we talk about the M two? Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the auto show overall. Uh, okay. Oh, and how a quarter okay. of it was uh, local, like a local tuner dealer, guy. yeah, and yeah. then a rally thing, the H two thing there, and yeah. So that right, was there was Envy Motorsports or Envy yeah. Auto Group. Envy Auto Group had all the. Uh, the only thing I'm glad about is that um, people, public, you know, the the people, what do we call them, the normal people that yeah. went there, got to see Ferraris and Lamborghinis and McLarens because yeah. they would otherwise they wouldn't, wouldn't see them. That's yeah. a good point. You know. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty bleak in there though. I gotta say. Yeah, and um, then the arcade, the Rally Kings thing was. There was a fucking like a 2002 Firebird there. Ooh. I don't know if I saw that. We also, amongst other things, real fast, we did skip the uh, S209 Supra. I was so. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the Subaru, yeah, yeah. the uh, yeah. STI. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That's that cool. Anyway, yeah, it's cool. I like of all the cars there. That's probably one of the ones I'd be most excited to drive. Well, the classic racing livery, or the old 340, lady, the new racing livery, old racing yeah. livery, the, the, the rally car. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That I did like. Uh, well, that wasn't the S209 though. That no, was I know, but on that on the stand, they had the old. Yeah, the old livery, which, car. They're, which they're bringing back. I think they're going to run their new yep. cars with Ooh, that. We'll I, see. I thought, right? Yep, yep that's said. the plan yeah. to run it. Yep. Um, but yeah, that the show. I think, uh, boy, if if uh, you had any question about whether or not they should be moving it uh, to a different time, I think that question was answered. Now, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can parse whether or not um, auto shows matter anymore. I I don't know that auto shows in the current format are really that important although agreed that i guarantee you that was full all weekend with people spectators i, I can confirm yeah i uh, went to zeph's sunday for lunch <laughs> our, local, he, our local coney island F5. And, and people were talking about yeah. the auto show they just, there's a ton of people out for it so th that part is good but you know those people will come out in the summer too um what's that you say in the summertime when uh, the auto show is next time oh june yeah of 20 20. Yeah, next year it's going to be in June. Now I know we've been we've been speculating, kind of hoping that we can get sort yeah. of a good woody sort of feel around yeah. here. Yeah. Um, 
but a uh, uh, Mike uh, Pryson, our, our old uh, um, hey, old, uh, old contrarian, um, hey. Hey, hey. our local contrarian, he's he's a little nervous about um, if that's going to keep the people down here or scare them away. Well, What's yeah, not scare them away, but. I mean, part of it is, uh, you know, it's going to be an outdoor show, partially, at least. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're talking about the Hart Plaza, which is uh, an area on the waterfront that they would like to use for this thing. And I've heard uh, people say they might even go all the way down and use some uh, stuff on Belle Isle, you know, some of the room down there to, you know, get out and run some some of these cars, see them out in, the, in a different light. Yeah, that sounds good it, to it me. It sounds good, but, okay, the logistics. I mean, does this mean that the fans or the re, the people coming downtown are going to have to get on more shuttle buses? Uh, which, they'll they'll which, work it out. Well, they'll work it out, but are you... <laughs> But I'm just saying that that does keep people from the Belle Isle on the race weekends. Yeah. They don't like getting on shuttles. And I'm not going to get on multiple shuttles. Uh, what happens you if know, it rains? Is I've this got thing a, totally washed yeah, out? Yeah, I've got a solution um, for that. And parking. they can move to our neighborhood and just walk over. Yeah. There you go. I, yeah, I wouldn't. All that they'll work it out. I'm not 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 too worried about. Well, that. Well, the thing about you know in the snow we can we you know the cars are going to be indoors. They're there. I can get there. Yeah. If it rains or it's just a, a I would gray, I would dark say day. it's it's as hard to get to Kobo though during the auto show as it is to get onto the island uh, for. But what I if you're going to be down at Hart Plaza? Hard. You come down to Hart Plaza, are you going to have to get a... They'll probably do some parking or something down there, I would imagine. But then you got to get on a shuttle to go to Belle I think, Isle? I, I mean, it's going to be... I don't think yeah, it's as easy as you think. It's it's very easy. It's no, right. no problem. Well, listen, I, 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 plan to be, uh, I plan to be against Mike here, but now I feel like i got to back him up against Rory. No, no. I, I there think are some, there, there are, are some, some logistical concerns, but yeah. every single conceivable event that happens anywhere in the world, there are logistical concerns, and they figure it out. It could rain during well, Coachella. It could yeah. rain. Yeah, yeah. it's fire, be, fire it, festival could not happen and still get people right. over there. They yeah. figure them out sometimes poorly, so that's what, yeah. that's what we're talking. Now, about. have you guys heard? Are we uh, are any of the manufacturers coming back? Because Nobody it's knows. Be, you see, that's the thing too. Nobody knows. If that's we get the, the same, question. if you get the same right. neighborhood cars out there, I well, don't care how you package it, it's still the same cars. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, I think that that's part. But if you if you do an outdoor thing and you do a festival thing, you bring some old cars in, you bring some race cars in, you, bring you make in it a, a celebration, a little bit, yeah, a little bit broader. So you know you're not entirely dependent on manufacturers to provide all the the go. So you know you bring in some, like I said, some vintage cars, some race cars. You're asking people who you're friends with for favors versus asking the Germans to bring their auto show uh, setup. So I I mean I I'm with you. I'm I'm. Not sold on it entirely, but again, they had to do something. They, you couldn't just continue to grind this one into dust. Agreed. Yeah, which, yeah. Which is agreed there. They're two or three years away from. Yeah. So the, uh, and it, to your point, Price, and I think you know, uh, Hart Plaza is is a difficult parking situation, but Jazz Fest works it out fine. Um, now I've not been downtown for Jazz Fest. How do they work the fencing and security for something like that? How do you charge people? To I mean, the Jazz Fest the, is free. So well, that's the thing is the first, techno the, fest. But Mopop, that yeah, uh, Mopop has front. Yeah, security is there parking. Not, very not friendly. just security, yeah. but I mean, how yeah, they, yeah, how the do they block it also that everybody has to pay to get just in? Just put a fence up. Yeah, just put a so, fence. I mean, that's how the tech fest a, is. Because yeah, they're bragging about it. how beautiful the waterfront is getting. Is it going to be as beautiful if they put up a bunch of fencing? Yeah, and, I mean the events I do I've done down there. Okay, are fine, cool. Because um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just you know I I, yeah. I don't think it's a slam dunk yeah, that it's going to work. There's a, there's an awful lot that needs to happen between now and then for sure. But also about the old car thing and race car things, uh, Michigan, especially this area, Michigan has plenty of old cars hanging yeah. around in museums and race cars and teams and I mean I think that part of it the draw the getting enough stuff to I mean two million people come to Woodward. To watch just regular people's cars get stuck in traffic. I mean that. Wait, isn't it one? I thought it was one million. Two million. Two million. Two 
million. I thought everything brings one one million people. And it's impossible to count. So you're going to go. Now this is supposed to be million. Is this two weeks after the race on Belle Isle or yeah. the week after? So two weeks yeah. after. But you could foresee a, a situation down the road where the two the, get kind of. I think they need to be because yeah. people again outstate. You're asking people outstate to come down into Detroit. You know, two weeks in a row or two out of three weeks. Yeah, and but I think but that's really, going to be a challenge. But really, too. you're not because I mean I think like you will want some of those people, but. You know, Metro Detroit is five million people. So, you know, well, you're going pretty far out for five million. Metro Detroit, like, really? what's yeah, is, is five that all the way to Ann Arbor people. then? Or? Yeah, okay. Um, but that's still, you know, that's within an hour drive, um, roughly. But um, I drive really fast. I'm almost Metro Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> you can give driving really fast. <laughs> Sweet. You know, hey, you could drive really fast in an M2. Could you? Ooh. That M2 competition. What a segue. Would yeah. you want to though? Is the question. Uh, that's the question. Uh, that, that is I don't the have question. an answer for that. Uh, so I drove it all weekend for like three and a half days. And I feel like you got you got a better. So I had it for a night or two in the dry. You're also in it tonight, by the way. In the cold. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> and you had it in the snow, which I felt like would be a lot more fun. Yeah. Well, you said, and we talked about this at uh, your Rotest Editor Junior Junior's uh, first birthday party this weekend on Sunday. Yeah. Um, you said that it felt like a bunch of good parts that weren't. Uh, like make, make a coherent. cohesive coherent yeah. yeah yeah a whole thing um so back that up and then i'll tell you why you're wrong and i like it no so <laughs> i think uh w- you know driving that car i got the sense that um on a racetrack it would be a lot of fun that's right you did say that um it, at 100 plus miles an hour would be great but around town, which is again this is not the mark <laughs> of a uh, m2 competition it shouldn't be how it's judged i feel like the power delivery uh, was a little laggy, you know, with the, uh, the extra forty horsepower. And no, no, it's not that 30. the transmission. Uh, oh. whereas like uh, you know, a uh, comparable car like a Chevy SS, a Camaro SS, or whatever. Yeah, uh, you comparable. get you get. Well, it is. I mean, it is Rear specs drive. wise compar- comparable. Two plus two, coupe. Um, that that car feels very alive and very connected as far as like. The way the the power interacts with the chassis and and the way that uh, the steering feels and and, and how it all responds stuff. to you. Yeah, and I, I I will say like that Camaro SS within a few hours of driving it, um, you feel comfortable drifting it. You feel you feel comfortable hanging the tail out a little bit and and kind of you can start to uh, anticipate the way the car is going to behave. It's very like approachable. Mm-hmm. The M2 competition to me, and again, it's like on snow tires in the cold, so this is not a great, uh, great representation of what the car is capable of. But it, it, to me, just felt flat, like uh, less alive. You know, it's controllable, it's predictable, it does all those things, but it doesn't feel like. uh, I'll give you the power delivery is definitely more on off switch or punchy yeah. like in, in the, in the what's called as opposed to smooth in the Camaro SS. But I haven't driven the 19 yet. Have we driven the 19 yet or not? Which the, one? the only one. Camaro? I think, yeah. The, sorry. Yeah. The I mean, it, it's the same. I'm thinking that the, the one LE cause the only one that I think feels as lively as that M2 is maybe the one LE, um, the last SS one LE or something like that. Because this one, I, I still think the steering is better than, than Chevy's steering on that. Well, I mean, great. the it, difference between the SS and the 1LE in regards to steering is just tire. If BMW was listening to uh, us talk, compare earnestly the uh, Chevy S or Chevy, Chevy Camaro SS and the M2 competition, I think they would have a heart attack. But I yeah. mean, but but we're enthusiasts, and this is what we're this is what we're talking about. Well, and what's the SS 1LE is 55, and we this is 67. So yeah, and I think, cra- I, I think I think though, 
I think the chassis thing at BMW is still getting figured out to me. I feel like the Chevy guys have it. Um, as far as as far as the way that everything's tuned and the way yeah, things the, feel, the Gen Six was very is very good all, um, the, way, all the way around. Um, I think the folks at BMW might be over tuning the M2 and putting the front drive the rear drive wheels up in the front. At least that's the case for the Gran Turismo. The M2 Gran Turismo will be a front drive car. Oh. M, wait, M2 no, not or M2, two, excuse me, two, two series two Grand Turismo, yeah. excuse me. I don't even want to think Let's about. Let's not talk about that right now. I don't want to think about what sad. that car is. That's yeah. stupid. But that's, that could mean that the next full two series platform is front drive. Well, regardless, they're going to have a. They'll have a rear drive, sporty, small. Yeah, car. Um, I mean, but gonna, I had it in the snow and the snow tires, and we're talking like we had four or five inches of snow, and yeah. it was freezing, so none of it left. So I would just put it in manual mode, put trash control off, and just like. I mean, it reminded me of the Miata. I loved it almost as much as the Miata. In really? The like how much fun I had just in the snow. And I mean, me and Wesley, pizzas today, me and yeah. Wesley just went and got pizzas today. And it's that just, was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's just uh, super fun. But do, do I didn't really I, drive in the dry. Do you know what I'm saying, though, about it feeling just kind of the cold, cold or, or dry? Like there's no like. Well, I hear I don't know. I hear I hear these things all the time. It's like, oh, it's too technical. It's too sterile. Like, I don't know your definition it's all so of that. subjective. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. But you you know what I mean? Those cars that have that feel like a, a like a Miata, like the the SS1 LE, mm. uh, even like our uh, the performance pack Mustang, where it's like mm-hmm. everything feels connected and uh, like it's all working together, mm-hmm. and it feels like not heavy but solid in a way, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like um, like predictable, and you can kind of feel the car a little bit. Um, yeah. Feel like that's and that is you know I was telling somebody this weekend like that is the to me as an idiot uh, and a non-engineer that stuff is the only remaining piece of magic in in car building so like everybody knows what brakes you got to put on everybody knows how to make power everybody mm-hmm. knows how to deliver power with the transmission suspension tuning all that stuff is known but it's that kind of magic that it feel factor. yeah where it's like again totally subjective but the cars that have it that gt3 touring has it mm-hmm. and like it's impossible to describe it it, it doesn't even mean that the car is faster or or better in any real measurable way it's just that that feeling and that i guess what, what the reason i bring that up with the m2 is because that used to be bmw's thing that was it. I mean, they they weren't always the most powerful. They weren't always the right. fastest. Yeah, but it was with like the 2002 and the, fe- well, even right. up to like the uh, E39 M5s, the E46 M3, which uh, the Camaro that Alpha chassis uh, when they were developing that with the ATS, one of their key benchmarks was the E46 M3. Really, because they wanted that 10, feel. A Ten-year-old car at that yeah. point, or a fifteen-year-old car. But it's like it's one of those cars that t- today still feel you know what i mean like it still has that thing whatever that that totally yeah there's opaque. definitely that thing it is very subjective but i also agree with you in that because like the amg gt four-door like super powerful yeah super comfortable handles well but like just doesn't do it for you i just it, right, it just doesn't do it but i didn't think that it didn't feel like a cohesive unit maybe it just wasn't for me or I think something that's like that part of it but we do agree that the m2 is the best car the bmw makes right now oh yeah 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 i mean i think the best car they make is the x3 as far as like uh, intent versus execution, mm. um, but if I was going to buy a BMW, there's no question that side by MG. I really want to drive. Would you say the X4 is then the worst car they make? Which one is that? The coupe version of the X3. <laughs> oh, 
I've never seen one. I didn't know that existed. Yes, they're they're it's like the GLC Cooper. Never heard of it. They're, they're very bad. Don't worry about it. This is it's, the first time I'm gonna have to Google it. This is the first time I've. Wesley <laughs> so, mentioning another crappy many, BMW car. We're not cars. talking about. Uh, no, but I, I, I do like the car. I mean, I and I was very impressed with the package, and it looks cool, and I like the color and mm-hmm. all that stuff. That slate chalk yeah. color, whatever. I um, love that color. But I was like, I wanted it. I wanted it to have that magic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think again, this summer hopefully we get another one. Mm-hmm. Do they make that car in a stick? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, on the damn spec sheet, like the front it's specs, I was like, "Ooh, six-speed manual," stick. and I was like, "Sweet." And I got to after, I'm like, "Ah." Oh, what they don't clutch. make it anymore in is a convertible. I don't care about that. Well, good. The convertibles. Are I really want to drive now. I want to drive like the the two. Is there a two twenty or just a two thirty five or two forty? There's a two. Is there an M two forty? Two fifty. I want to drive like the base base one and oh, see the base base one. If, okay. Is it a two twenty or a two thirty? Maybe now I think. And two thirty. It's still got a, got a four cylinder, but I want to drive that one and see if it's like old school three series feeling. I think M two competition in the summertime with a, a stick or even the whatever DCT. Yeah, the I thought DCT was very good actually. But e- the pedal, the I would shift. I would like to give it another shot and see. Like I said, I being in the car, all the stuff that I said about not having that feeling, I bet that. On a track, on summer tires, or even like on a good road, on summer the, tires, the, that I bet that perception of it changes. I totally agree. One other thing, one last thing I will say is that the I did feel like the no change in uh, no adjustment suspension, mm-hmm. no adjustable suspension. Sorry, in this, um, mm. which was surprising to me, but I was delighted. I was surprised and delighted that it had that. And I think the winter tires gave it that one little tick more softness that made it. Totally a little more sidewall, yeah. Totally drivable in Detroit on these on these crappy roads and and whatever. So like, I thought the suspension was tuned at the very just hard enough where I could yeah. live with it every day, but not too hard. And Which I'm is an enthusiast, nice. though. Like a normal person probably would say it's too hard, but if you're an enthusiast, I actually I felt I felt like it's fine. I mean, I felt okay. like even yeah. even around here in the winter. But the thing is, you know, we say all the time with the Miata, where it's like a lighter car, you don't need to have a rock hard suspension and with the miata you don't need a rock hard suspension period if it feels yeah. good all together if it all feels good together yeah then it's good so anyway that's the m2 competition <laughs> so anyways uh, so anyway that's m2. a car that i'm excited to drive again that jake really liked uh wesley didn't drive yet didn't drive it not this I one may never drive it. i did put two child seats in the back and fyi that's tight just fyi on that yeah it's a little, try it's to a travel with a family car. of four in an m2 don't do it. Yeah. Well, you could do it. You could. We did, but got to be short as the driver. Though. It was tight. It yeah. was very tight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you, you got them all in there, and uh, Amy was in there, and all that. Yeah, and uh, now I got the young one. He's now these one. I put him in the full child seat, but rear facing, uh-huh. which I'm not sure if it takes up more room or less. I think but it's they, more. Oh my gosh. Because the you need mean, a little bit of a angle. Yeah, because he's pointed up this way, yes. and you're pointed up. I'm yes. making like a triangle with my hands. Right. Sorry. Yes. So yes. your the back of your seat and his seat come together in a bad way. Yes. If they're both, you know, it's like right. two airline yeah, seats me and that Parker are reclined. Can lean back. Yeah. Nice yeah. And- anyway, what are we talking about? Uh, uh, so that's the M2, and that is episode 46 of the Odd Week podcast, ranked number 10 on Chartable. Currently, the number 10 podcast of any kind in the world. Yeah, the universe, I believe. Yeah. Ever in history. Bigger than cereal, maybe. Um, season two, anyway. Bigger than cereal. Ooh, season two. That was a stinker. <laughs> what a letdown. Uh, anyway, join us next episode, number forty-seven. We're closing in on fifty here. The big five-zero. Yeah, that means we've we been doing this for four or five years now. Uh, I think seven Ooh. years. Yep. Season three. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. We must be hitting. If we're hitting closing in on fifty-two years, two anniversary. Yeah. Fifty-two. Ish. Yeah. Ish. 
Can you just imagine how many hours is that? That's like hour that, episodes, fifty not. hours just just wasted. Probably like a hundred hours for you, Wesley, oh. just editing this <laughs> garbage. Hundreds. No, but we're we're ten now though, so not wasted. Yeah, it's yeah. paying yeah. off. We're getting, now yeah. we're getting the payoff. Yeah. When we were in seventy five, and tomorrow when we drop back down to ninety. Yeah. Uh, Whoever sent us this picture of the chartable with ours at number ten, thank you for that. We really appreciate it. That, yep. was, that was chartable emailing me. Yeah. Wow. So we do that for everybody. Thanks again. Uh, we'll be back next episode at number forty-seven. We're going to talk about some other stuff, not the same stuff over again, uh, probably. Um, make sure you go on the thing and uh, click the other thing there and write some stuff about it, and uh, send an email to Chartable and say we should be higher than ten. Say take uh, which one's uh, the Car and Driver podcast, right? That's yeah. gone. Take that one off, dude. Yeah. We should be nine. We're nine. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, thank you, Kanye. Very cool. We'll talk to you soon.